0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry, and today I'm joined by the Daily Records sports writer Andy Newport and chief football writer for Sunday Mail, Scott McDermott. We'll be talking over all things Rangers today. And always, I think there's only one story on the agenda, or certainly one story at the top of the agenda. Uh, reports this morning. Well, as soon as Dean Smith was sacked by Aston Villa on Sunday. By Sunday night, Steven Gerrard was odds-on to replace him uh, at Villa Park. Today, reports saying that he's top of the list and Aston Villa will make uh, an approach for him this week. I suppose there's two strands to it. One, can you understand Aston Villa going from him? Two, would he go? Let's take the first one. Can you see, Andy, why Aston Villa would be looking at Steven Gerrard?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it fits the bill in terms of profile, uh, and also his managerial acumen. I think he's, um, you know, he's grown in his three years, three and a bit years as a as a coach since he's come up to um as a as a as a manager. Um, he's, you know, he's had to learn in the job, but he's learned quick and he's he's turned a Rangers team that was pretty much a mile off it and uh, the title winners. Um and then when you add in, you know, the sort of the glitz, the glamour that is that comes with, with being Stephen Gerrard, I think it's a, an obvious choice for them. Um I can understand where they're going from. It's I think it just comes down to whether or not he sees this as being the right fit for him. Um I think this one's got a wee bit more legs, obviously, than the Newcastle link, just mm-hmm. given that uh, the Newcastle situation where they're sitting in the league, you had in the Saudi Arabia controversy, it didn't look a comfortable fit. Um, if Stephen Gerrard feels that he needs a spell in the Premier League, cutting his teeth there to prove to himself, to the people at Anfield, that he's got what it takes to be the next Liverpool manager, then, then this might just be as, as, good a, as good a fit as he's going to get. Yeah, that's what
0: I was going to say, Scott, because the second part of this is, you know, a lot of people saying, oh, I mean, Aston Villa, I mean, why would they go there? And obviously we are biased up here. We know that English, you know, observers don't treat, give our game necessarily the respect, you know, that it deserves. And people, you know, Rangers obviously are a massive club and they'll say, well, Villa, well, he could do better than Villa. Can he do better than Villa with what he has achieved so far at Rangers or what he could go on to achieve even?
2: Well, oh, Villa are a massive football club, Gav. Um, no saying they're bigger than Rangers, but they're a massive football club in England, huge fan base, stadium, training ground, infrastructures all there, a wash with cash, as are most clubs in the Premier League. And we are saying about the you know, weird bias and you know, people in England don't really rate the Scottish League. I think at times we underestimate the lure of the Premier League to, to English coaches and managers and players and Gerard obviously comes into that that category and that's why you know, this is very real it's probably quite kind of raw at the moment for Rangers fans the thought of Gerard going but that is the cutthroat world of football that, that we live in now we've we, we seen it with Brendan Rodgers mm-hmm. going to Leicester midway through a season when Celtic fans thought it unthinkable that, that Rodgers wouldn't be there for, for their 10-in-a-row tilt. So mm-hmm. nothing nothing in this game surprises you anymore. Um, I agree with Andy, I think. You know, it's obvious why they would go for somebody like Gerard. Ticks so many boxes.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Huge profile down there. The relationship with Christian Purslow is just an, an added... Um, a kind of extra layer that, that makes it more uh, more possible. Mm. So it's going to be a really interesting next uh, next few days to see how this see how this develops. But getting back to your your point, I mean, Gerard's English he's a Premier League icon. Yeah, Aston Villa, a huge club. You can see why if he's offered that, he would certainly want to want to speak to him and certainly want to consider it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing, Scott. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Some people are saying Villa. I mean, why would you even consider Villa? You know, we've actually, we've got a piece up the website this morning. I don't know if you've read it, but basically just looking back at managers of Rangers or Celtic, any ones who were successful and looking at their next jobs. I mean, you look at uh, guys like Gordon Strachan, you know, went to Middlesbrough. Alex McLeish did so well at Rangers on a limited budget ends up at Birmingham City you know Walter Smith? Well, Smith uh, yeah he led Rangers to 9 in a row and 13 trophies and he ends up at Everton who who had uh, avoided relegation on goal difference the previous season Neil Lennon beat Barcelona and had to wait four months and ended up with Bolton and were bought by the championship so
1: financial basket case as well so oh,
0: exactly so I mean there's not really. I mean, Brendan Rodgers went to Leicester City. He's slightly different in that he had already um, been in charge of a of a big four. But you need to go back to you need to go way way back to Graham Soonis. Okay. You know, and, and we're talking about a totally different era there. That was long before the money that the Premier League's are washed with now. And back then, you know, you know, English pundits and, and football clubs would have looked at Rangers as being probably on a par, you know, with a lot of the big clubs down there. So it was a different era. Not now. Not now. It just doesn't happen. So that's why Villa probably are as as good as he maybe could expect.
2: And also, I I heard the McCoy saying this morning that they basically said, what happens if he goes to Villa and and isn't a success? I get where Ali's coming from, (laughs) obviously, but I don't think any coach or manager Thinks that way. I don't think Andy thinks about no. it. What if it goes wrong? I mean, these guys have got so much belief and yeah. ability. I mean, after what Gerard's done at Rangers and yeah. the backroom team that he's got, he will look at Aston Villa and look at that squad and think, well, oh, I can get them challenging for. For top, yeah. backs, you know, a few additions, or it's the exact same with Rodgers with, with Leicester. I mean, ordinarily, you would never leave a, a club Celtic size to go to Leicester City, no.
3: um,
2: and, and and even looking at the Leicester squad, when Rogers left, yeah, he believed he looked at that and you know with the self confidence that he's got and that uh, kind of ego that he's got. and I mean, that in a good and a good way. Yeah, he, he believed they could get him. To be fair to Brendan Rogers he has done. I know it's not gone brilliantly like this season, but certainly last season, um, year before, winning an FA Cup and stuff. I mean, no, he's a real success. So I don't think you can I don't think managers look at it pessimistically and say, oh, what if that goes wrong? I might I might not get the Liverpool job. You know? But if anything, Gerard yeah, will be looking at it and think, thinking, Well what, what can I achieve at Villa? What what can what can I do there that's
1: gonna give me a better chance of yeah. to get get, Liverpool? Well are really I mean the Liverpool thing is probably going to be the thing that the biggest factor in that I mean is Stephen jr realistically going to get make the jump straight from Rangers to Anfield? I, I'm not so sure that he's convinced that that's that's what's possible. And I think he might think that there's a I mean he said as much in a podcast about a year ago that there might have to be another job yeah. perhaps down south that shows that he can make that level into Premier League. Yeah, in order to show that he, he's got what it takes to to cope down there, to convince the people at Liverpool that he has got what it takes.
0: No, I'll I'll be honest with you, Andy. I actually, th- and this is where this is where it's a wee bit skewed. I'm contradicting myself a wee bit here when I talk about what you're going to get, I'm, because the examples I've given you is based purely on what these people achieved in their jobs as Rangers or Celtic manager, I'm saying, look at them. And there. Anyway, I think Gerard is slightly different in that, you know, the Liverpool, he's so, I mean, he's just because of the way he's regarded down there. I think, to be honest, if Jurgen Klopp left tomorrow, I think maybe Liverpool would give him a shot of it. A bit like Lampard with Chelsea. I mean, he got the Chelsea job, but it was more based on the, the way he was regarded as a player at
1: yeah. it wasn't based on what he did but, that that, that, that's an emotional that's an emotional decision I think if Steven Gerrard he, he won't want to go in there based on sentiment he'll want to go in there based on his coaching ability so that he is prepared as best prepared as he can be to make yeah. a success himself so if that means he's obviously had three and a bit years up here you know he's got over a hundred games under his belt as a, as a, as a manager but still going to Premier League's another level up and mm-hmm. in order to best prepare himself for that, right. I can understand why he might think that okay. a couple of years at Villa might might help him. Right.
0: So not necessarily to enhance his chances of getting a Liverpool job just so that he's better prepared. That's yeah, you I mean. You know no. I mean? do I mean, you think do you think he could get a Liverpool job just based on on just just solely on what he's done at Rangers? I mean, do you think because of the emotional time that do you think or would Liverpool not
1: take that into consideration? See, about it's Gerrard. Listen, Liverpool have shown before that they'll appoint on sentiment. You know that's why they 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 brought Kenny Dalglish back. I mean, yeah. you wouldn't have brought Kenny Dalglish back based on yeah. his his yeah. you know how long he'd been out of, of, yeah. of first team management. Um, Has he done it? enough to to prove he's ready to be Liverpool man? I'm not so sure because you look at what those the type of managers of those clubs. Appointment is a stellar cast that they go for. Mm. Appointing a manager Rangers who's won one trophy out of nine isn't necessarily I think what they would be looking for, you know, if it was somebody other than Steven Gerrard. So, you know, I think he's maybe if he he could get it in sentiment, but I don't think that's what he will want. I think he will want to earn the right to be Liverpool manager and I think that's why If this Aston Villa link does form up, then it might be something he considers. I I think he could go straight from
2: Rangers to Liverpool. No, and it it ties in with what you're saying, Gary. I think no, it's unique circumstances where Gerard and Liverpool are concerned. Mm. But I think it would only happen if he has complete, unrelenting success at Rangers. I mean, if he'd come to Rangers and there'd been very little progress, and he hadn't won the title last season. Mm -hmm. it would be very difficult for him to go he would get another job in England but very very difficult even with the the profile he's got at Liverpool and that iconic state it's very difficult to go straight Mm -hmm. I think if he has as I say unrelenting success at Rangers in the next year or two i.e. winning lots of trophies another title Champions League progress then I think he could take that jump and that's probably going to be one of the Things in his mind when it comes to to making the decision, if it gets to that point, then that that could be a key factor. And I'm staying at, at Rangers because I think you no know, Liverpool. Of course, there would be a bit of sentiment involved, but at least from Liverpool's point of view, they could say, well, he's not just. It's not just because it's Stephen Gerrard. I mean, he's just, he's, he's went into a first manager job and won everything. You no, know, turn Scottish football around, turn Rangers around.
3: Yeah.
2: So we can give him up. Um, as I say, ordinarily that would be difficult for any manager to go for, you know, even one of the biggest Scottish clubs straight into, you know, a top four Premier League club. But, you no, know, obviously because of Gerrard and who he is and how he's regarded at Liverpool, I think it could happen. But as I say, I think it'll only happen straight from Rangers if he has if he has made a success. And that probably means that he's going to, need to stay for another couple of years until Jurgen Kopp goes.
0: So I suppose Andy, is that part of the issue here then? Because he he can't wait forever. He can't wait forever. So he's got two choices to make here, or he could have two choices to make this week. Does he go to Aston Villa and do what he had, what you know, prove himself in the Premier League until Klopp goes, or does he do as Scott says and hang around at Rangers? But of course, there's always a risk. I mean, he's only, he, as we say, he's won one title in three seasons. Um, there's the risk. You know, he's got a four point gap just now, but I mean, what, what if he
1: hangs around? I mean, and he didn't. He, I mean, you're right. I mean, if you know, if if, if this season goes bad, mm-hmm. what does that do for his chances? I mean, if he yes. if they somehow contrive to to not win the league, to not get this forty million pound Champions League place, yeah, you know, what does that do for for him? And he, he's, he's hopes he you know get that Liverpool job, you know, probably put him back a fair bit. I mean, obviously we know that both his contract and Jurgen Klopp's contract uh, are due to expire at the same time, twenty twenty four, I think it is. Um, you know. I I think, from his point of view, I think he's already said as much in a podcast, as I say about a year ago, that there might be the need to have a a stepping stone. I think it's it's been the phrase being used elsewhere, so um, it wouldn't surprise me if if that is what ends up happening. I think you know, you know, four years in Glasgow, if if he sees the season out. Is pretty much as long as anyone who's really managed in, yeah. in recent times. You know, um I think there is a shelf life. I think you know. Yeah. And to his point of view, I mean, if, okay, I know what Scott's saying, but if he goes on and wins, you know, and, and uh, wins a title this year, wins a, a, a cup or two, mm-hmm. is there going to be much appeal to do that again next season? I mean, mm-hmm. okay, there might be the prospect of Champions League Absolutely. runs again, yeah. depending on what kind of finance um, he gets to spend. You know, he's already said admitted, that it's been difficult for his team to compete um, with the top Europa League teams. Yeah, yeah. They go go into the, the Champions League, and the levels go up another level. And you've got some real sort of European behemoths in there, and yet he's not getting big money to spend and to, to you know re-embellish his team. Then you know, I think that the you know that might become a, a reckoning in, in in the near future. And you know, this is why this this week is so fascinating because you know it. He still, he still looks enthused. I mean, you, you saw the way he spoke after the, the win at the weekend. You you look back to the the Hibs game when he was on the pitch celebrating. So there's still an enthusiasm there, but it's just how long does it does that stay? You know, how how long does that does Ibrox grip him for? Um, yeah. You know, when there is that lure of you know, because no, the first couple of years there wasn't these links to to, to jobs down south. You know, there was yeah. jobs coming up, and his name wasn't really yeah. mentioned seriously now every time there's a vacancy in England, he seems to be right up there amongst the amongst the leading candidates.
2: Yeah. I think it would be hugely tempted, Gav. but this, you know, this, these last few days, as Andy says, have felt different, you know, different okay. to castle so like, I think you know, all Rangers fans probably knew this day was going to come at some point. Uh, yeah. you know, they didn't want it to come probably came a wee bit sooner than expected and certainly wouldn't have wanted it to happen mid-season, you're going for a second straight uh, second straight title but as I say this is the reality of, of football now and I think the bigger picture is well, how will it affect Rangers if, if, if Rangers do allow him to speak to Villa and he is tempted by it, which, which I think he will be he decides to go where does this leave Rangers and? I think it's a problem mid season because I would be interested to see how it affects the players, these players that have been with Gerard, a lot of them for three years, over three years. Um, I think, I don't really want to mention the word fragility, but well, anyway, because I think these players are so entrenched in the kind of Gerard way, you know, they're, they're immersed in this system. As I said, I've had them for, for so long. I would worry about you know, what kind of reaction uh, Rangers would have for, for players and how it might disrupt them mid-season. But in terms of the club, Rangers should be prepared, or should should have been prepared for this day. I mean, when you go down the the route of you know, putting a structure in place with a director of football and, hmm. and it's behind the scenes, you no. Know, they really should be prepared for the day Gerard goes and it should be, I know it's going to be difficult for fans to, to swallow at first, but it's a bit like players nowadays in football, certainly for clubs in countries like Scotland where you get a young player and you develop them and then move them on for bigger money, essentially that's what could happen with Gerard. A young manager comes in, Rangers have enhanced his reputation, he's progressed Rangers as a club and There'll be a contract that's in place Rangers could get big, big money in compensation for him and in the in the backroom team so if he decides to go Rangers as a club need to accept it albeit reluctantly but have plans in place so that the transition to getting a new manager is as seamless as possible and that's especially pertinent midway through a season when they're, they're
1: trying to go for a title I think I'll put, I'll put the Rangers board under pressure I mean, you've seen across the city of Celtic when you have a big name like they did in Brendan Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Fans get get an expectation level that they want somebody of similar status and, you know, OK, Stephen Gerrard wasn't um, experienced, but he was obviously a huge name. I mean, it'll be, be fascinating to see what sort of uh, route go down because the, I think the fans, given what they've experienced over the last three years, having Stephen Gerrard, this global icon, as you said, Scott, will want somebody... If not similar stature, somebody sort of halfway along the road to that. Um, so maybe I'll put them under a pressure to see if they can they can go and get another, another big name or or somebody that certainly excites the fans. Anyway, the one thing I'd say, one thing I'd say
2: about Ross Wilson Gav is mm-hmm. that you no, know, t- put aside recruitment of players. You know, when he was at Southampton, you have to say they were they were fairly successful in the kind of succession plans that they had. For managers. Um and most of the managers that come in there did well certainly for a for a period of time. Uh, and obviously he played a big part and or played a huge part in getting Ralph Hasenhutel to Southampton, who I think he's still he's still very, very close to. And Hasenhutel, I think, was even linked to this village job along with Gerard, certainly at the start of the at the start of the process. So I think Ross Wilson will be used to it. I'd be amazed if he's no go tucked away in he's draw somewhere four or five candidates that he's probably had for a while knowing that at some point Stephen Gerrard would go as Andy says it's just going to be interesting to see the profile of those guys because you would looking at the Southampton appointments you would think you know, it might be a kind of Hassenhüttel type from Germany or Austria or whatever maybe somebody that, that that you don't know about and I think what I would say is that I think that's a bigger gamble that kind of appointments a bigger gamble at Rangers than it is at Southampton because of the size of the club the expectation fans expectation or whatever so yeah, going to be really interesting but of course the flip side of that is Celtic fans when Ange Post yeah. you know,
0: I, t- I was just about to say that actually as you were finishing up that's
2: exactly right and now yeah. Yeah, I know they're still trailing Rangers in the league but yeah. Yeah. certainly I've spoke to you senior social media I love Posta coglo and they have completely bought into it so yeah. it's going to be really interesting I know we're talking hypotheticals but if gerard were to go it's, uh, it'd be fascinating to see the list that, that Ross Wilson comes up with in terms of candidates and, and what route the club decide to go down
0: yeah, you mentioned it earlier, Andy, but uh Steam might be thinking about a January transfer window. How much can he strengthen? He already made the point he hadn't spent a penny in the last two transfer windows. Then last Friday we see the club's annual accounts released 23.5 million pound loss. Um pretty sobering figures. Obviously, COVID played a big part in it. Were you surprised at just how big?
1: No, um, given the sort of losses Celtic reported uh, a few weeks back and the impact that they'd sort of um, highlighted from COVID and their own figures, um, uh, you kind of thought it would be round about this mark. Um, it's been interesting hearing some of the, <laughs> the guys that are probably more got a lot more expertise in these these sort of matters than me speaking. The uh, links, I think it's Kieran McGuire's. been... Yep. From, um, He's the sort of football finance expert. He's been talking a lot um, this week, and he, he seems to say that, you know, there should be room for sort of cautious optimism around these. As, as much as there were bad figures, um, but the club are, you know, obviously the biggest hit came from the sort of match, the income, which I think halved just because of the impact of having to play games behind closed doors. Yeah. And um, that obviously bounced back, so you wouldn't have that impact next season. And if they can win the league, there's obviously that huge. Forty million pound bounty to, to be to, to be had with that uh, automatic qualification for the Champions League. So, you know that that has to be the priority for for Rangers this season. If they can win the league, that is a will be a transformational event for them. Um, yeah. It will put them back in the black. You would imagine for the first time in a decade, or long. longer than that. Um, not sure how far back you have to go to see last time uh, Rangers uh, returned a profit. So. Or even, or even broke even. So, um, yeah, there were concerning figures. Again, you know, it always is. You know, the clubs burnt through 100 million pounds in a decade. You know, that, those just simply aren't sustainable uh, losses. So, yeah. something has to change this season. I do think somebody will, will be sold in the, in the summer, um, especially when you look at the likes a Aribo, Morelos. Um, I think it's somebody else. Uh, slip my mind that has got uh, that their contract's up at the, the end of next season is it, is it Kent perhaps? Um so somebody unless they can get those guys tied down for another year uh, for, for longer, I imagine one of those will at least go in the summer. So and that you would hope it, uh, the club will hope will will you know again um make an impact and bring the club back towards a, a profitability status. But yeah, um concerning but there is room for, for, for improvement in, in those financials. Yeah, Kent,
0: twenty twenty three. Yeah, Aribo, Aribo, uh, Kent, Morelos yeah.
2: I'm, glad, I'm glad, Andy, about the financials, Gareth. On a, on a, on a. me. Okay, agree Andy. Agree, with Andy, in terms of at mm-hmm. least of now get. No assets on the patch. No, we yeah. you know it the, the Champions League money you know, is the carrot for them, and uh, you no, know, they look in a good position to go and do that. That this and that that would be transformational in terms of finances. I mean, that that would really turn the whole thing. And it's and it's. Hard. But I think you no, know, even if they if they weren't to not together, as much as it would be a huge blow. You know, for the first time in a long time, at least they have get. Sellable assets on the pitch, and I know Rangers as a club. we spoke about it on here before. They've not had great success in that regard, even in the last few years. And I think you know, there's that's probably about a regret now. When you you think of you not know, getting offered what was it, sixteen million for Morelos were led to believe for, for Leo at one point that was that yeah. was not back because they wanted they wanted twenty. I mean, my God, the way Morelos is playing at the moment or has done this season, you would absolutely. Know, bite their hand off for that now. So but he's still there. You no, know, he's still got value. Um Joe Aribo, Glenn Camara, Giannis Hadji, I think even people like Calvin Bassey will become you know, sellable assets pretty soon because he's age and he's and his profile. Um and and somebody like Nathan Patterson, I mean obviously the financials read that the you know, Rangers are going to need, I think, seven and a half million yeah. next season. I mean Everton again were led to believe offered eight million for Paterson in the summer, and it was not. And I actually think Rangers should have accepted that that bid for for a variety of reasons. But one would have been the financials. I mean, there's just seven and a half million wiped out. They're an end. We, you no, know, we're a player that's come through the youth academy, and you no, know, the former the captain at the club can't get in the can't get in the side. So. As I say, the financials weren't great, but I think it's a different Rangers now, a different club. Um, you know, they're challenging again for honours. They're challenging for Champions League and Europa League, where there's, there's big money at stake. And also, as I say, they've get they've actually got assets on the pitch that, well, if they really wanted to go and go and make a few quid, then they probably could.
0: What it what it does show you is the debt of gratitude Rangers fans owe to the guys for putting their hand in their pocket, guys like, you know, Douglas Barton, John Bennett and all that that are making up for the shortfall here and k- keeping it going.
1: It's been remarkable the way that the board have stepped up <laughs> these last few years just to you know to keep the club, um, you know, to, to again, I mean, the club was heading in a, a bad direction under the previous mm-hmm. board. So um, to, to not just turn it around, but to, to you know, 55, I don't think it would have happened without this current board no. making the kind of investment um, no. and, and and funding that they've offered the last few, few seasons. So, I mean, there'll always be a, a debt of gratitude, I think, from Rangers fans to, to the guys that have stepped up and put their money where, where their mouth is.
0: Yeah. So, you want to steer clear of off the park, Scott, because you kind of get your head around these figures. Yeah, well, so. Uh But on the park... I saw you tweeting about at the weekend you also uh, had a piece in the Sunday Mail with Kyle Lafferty he talked about his importance so getting Ryan Jack back how pleased were you for him just after the amount of time he had
2: out? I think it had been mean, nine months out a long time for any any player I think it was complications with his injury at one point and that's always a cause for concern I think there was times when he looked as if he was going to come back it didn't quite, did quite happen. So I think Rangers did take the kind of long-term approach and just accepted that he was going to be out for a sustained period, eh, in the hope of getting him back at 100 percent at and getting the Ryan Jack back. Eh, you no, know, that we all know can be a, a huge player for Rangers, a, a first-team regular. One of Gerard's kind of leaders in the in the dressing room, so. To see him finally come back, and I thought even when he came on that he looked no, he, no he looked as if he'd never been away, but I mean, he came on with a bit of authority and immediately took the ball, which you would expect. Um, passed it well enough for the short time he was on, so it's probably come at a good time the international break because the can, Rangers can now get two weeks of really you know, loading them up fitness wise and making sure. Same goes for Ryan Kent in that regard, making sure that when. Uh, when they get back and as they're preparing for the, the semi-final at Hamden against Hubs, that these two guys in particular are willing to go I, um, I think they'll probably try and get a get a bounce game in the meantime behind closed doors and I know that's you can't really replicate a competitive game but just to get some more minutes in the legs and I think if they can keep them fit you know, they'll be huge players as as he as said in that piece you, know, you can get you get a fit Ryan Jack back from the new year onwards, off you know, for the title running.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, it is almost like signing a no a six, seven, eight million pound midfielder back into your, back into your squad. And I, and I think even that even just that one player I said this to somebody at the weekend, even just that one player, Jack coming back, suddenly feels as if they've got loads of options again in, in midfield, because you're starting to think about I was starting to think about the old firm game at Celtic Park at the new year and thinking if Jack's fit, well who are they going to play in that in that midfield? No just say you went kind of Jack, Davis, Camara, the ones that have been there. Then you're you're leaving it, guys like Lundstrom and mm. Arfield and Bakuna who did well at the weekend and, mm. and obviously played in there as well. So I just think Ryan Jack coming back, you saw the reaction of the players as well. You know when he came on off the bench and, and also after the game, you know, how highly he's valued in that dress room, you know, how highly people rate him within within the club. So a massive boost. If he can stay fit, they'll be he'll be such a key player for Rangers uh, as they go for this title.
0: Indeed, there were so many positives, you know, Jack coming back, Kane can the first start um since his injury when he came off against Leon Scotch in a goal, but unbelievably again. I mean, in the one game you thought surely it can't happen again, they conceded the first goal five five times in a row now and 11 times. Yeah, season. I mean, can, can you believe it? I mean, there's well,
1: really, yeah, you can't believe it because it's happening so regularly now that you, you almost have I mean, to expect it. Um, but it was Ross County at home, so and there was another because they had that, they almost, I think it was the fifth minute to score there was another opportunity like that in the first minute so that they just about got away with um, How can it be? Uh, can it be? Uh, the thing I find just so perplexing about the whole thing is just given how rock solid they were last year there was at times where you just thought you know, opposition teams could play against Rangers all, all day and wouldn't score
3: mm-hmm. now
1: you, you expect Rangers to be giving up you know two or three chances a game um, Stephen Jarre must be pulling his hair out because Undoubtedly, over the last, certainly the last three, four weeks, I, th- I think you've seen an increase uh, in their attacking play. They've, you know, they seem to have a wee bit of their verve back. I think obviously having, as you say, Ryan Kemp back gives them another option. That, that They've got options You know, they can keep teams guessing just with the, the variety of options that, that they have. But they seem to just be sort of mired in this you know, same sloppy mistakes that they're making they've made all season and doesn't seem to be any sort of sign of improvement in it. Um I think the whole Stephen just hope that it's maybe a form thing or you know, obviously I think that a big impact has has been the loss of um Philip Hollander. But they're yeah. also even when he was in the team they were making mistakes. So um you know, obviously if he can come back, I think he drew back uh, next month, mm-hmm. that'll be a, a big boost gun a really busy point of the season. But um yeah, Stephen James I must be frustrated with it because it's just, it's just so unlike the way that they performed from yeah. last year.
0: As in, I'm not blaming, uh, I, I'm not pinning this on Conor Goldson, um, but just to go back to the financials earlier, and obviously Goldson hasn't been the player he was last season, but when you looked at the, the financial results you are talking about, the need sort of to sell players, seeing you knew those figures were so bad. Did, does it make you wonder why in the summer... If he didn't sign, they just didn't say, well, you, you need to go. Because well, I know of have with the goal situation, the contract situation, and that was before we realised how bad the financial results were going to be. Why was he not just given an ultimatum? I suppose you can't ship a player out, but you can make it known that you want to sell him.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's a bit like the Edwards sort of situation itself. You can you, know, you knew his, his contract is taken down, um, but you make a decision to keep him because the prize at the end of the season is so huge so you know for Rangers you know any good title winning team is built on their defence yeah.
3: Rangers
1: uh, the, the prize at the end of the season is, is monumental so I can understand the goal right okay you might take a 3 or 4 million pound hit okay. uh, allowing Goldson to go at the end of his contract and not yeah. get a fee from but Okay. Compare that to winning 40 million pounds at the end of the season, so I think okay. that's the, the calculated risk that they've, 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 put, they've put themselves through. Okay. With
2: that, it would be purely Gerald's faith and trust in goals at the back. I mean, he's the one guy that never gets left out, you No, know, he's his leader at the back, mm-hmm. the most vocal player there. He knows that. I think Stephen Gerard contemplating that would have been like, No, I can't lose this guy because. Mm-hmm. I'd need to go and get somebody else. No, the new guy would need to come in have that back settling in, period. I just think view whatever fans think, of, whatever we think, of Gerard views Goldson as the kind of, no, the glue that holds that defence together and he's rock back there. And I know he's no, his form hasn't been great this season. His form hasn't dipped, whether that's to, go, to do with not signing his contract, that uncertainty. Well, we'll never know but listen it was always going to be hard to replicate the defensive yeah. last season because that was that was off the scale um, but as Andy says I think there's well, I, I think, listen you're only speculating I think there's just wee things that that are kind of contributing to it whether it's goals or that contract the goalkeeper changing, I said down here one I don't think that's helping. I don't think Alan McGregor, if I'm being I still think he's the best goalkeeper at Rangers, but I don't think his forum is anywhere near where it was last season um, or the season before. I think you even see the second goal on Sunday. I think Alan McGregor last season saves that.
3: Yeah.
2: Not for White. No, he goes with his legs to try and save it just wasn't, wasn't convincing uh, and as Andy says I do think Helander. I know he, he's saying that they will make mistakes even when Holander was there but I just think generally Rangers are a, a bit more open with, with Balogun in the team as opposed to Helander, and that's not really a slight on Balogun I think he's been a brilliant signing yeah, yeah, he's
1: played well this season he's played well in moments but there's also times where just collapse your concentration
2: I just think aye I, I think in general as I say I just think they're a bit more open mm. and that has a flip side cause I think Balogun's probably better you knowing the ball and kind of stepping out of defence than, than what Hollander is um, but as I say I just think there's be contributing factors I also think I think Parasic has been miles off at this season as well and I know we see him more as an probably more as an attacking force for Rangers and what he gives you eh uh, in terms of assists and going forward but um, I think he's been way short and I, know he's pro- I think he's got an injury just now but I think that's why we've seen a bit more of Bassey this season because I don't think Barisic has been at it so when you put all those factors together mm-hmm. you, know, you can maybe see why defensively they've, they've not been as strong um, but that's not to say they shouldn't be working on it Know, and trying to tighten up, I'm sure Gerard, the coach and staff, will be because it will be annoying, them, especially losing the first goals in games. I mean, they've showed, you know, the team showed pretty decent kind of character and resilience to kind of get back in most of these games and go, and go and win. But against better teams, you, know, you might not get that opportunity. You know, that Aberdeen go to up at Ibrooks, couldn't they, you know, got it back to a, to a draw but couldn't they win the game? And as I say, you wouldn't want to go to the way Celtic are playing going forward, I know I'm jumping ahead again here to, to December, January, but you wouldn't want to be going to Parkhead and being that sloppy early doors in a game. You no, know, if, if they're at it, you know, with that crowd behind them, the way they are going forward, because I think if you go, eh, if you go two goals down there, you might struggle to, to get back.
0: Mm-hmm. Just because you just because you mentioned McGregor earlier there. Yeah, there's a story in the record today, back page Xander under Clark. It could be one that's under consideration. No real surprise for you there, or how would fans feel about him coming in? Next?
2: Well, I mean, listen, he's one of the best goalkeepers in Scotland, clearly. Yeah. On a free transfer, not 29.
0: Good.
2: Yeah, it would seem like in a low risk thing. Yeah. So, uh, I think I'm right in saying he's a Rangers. Fan, and they will
1: correct me
2: if I'm wrong. Oh, I, I have his brother yeah. he him last year when he knocked him at the cup. Right. Yeah. A, dream, a dream move. Listen, he's performed really well. Being cynical, I mean, is Xander Clark a Rangers number one? I'm not convinced, to be honest. I'm not, I've maybe not seen enough of him. I know a lot of guys that watch St Johnson a lot more than me, you No, know, right rate him really. Really highly. I've seen him having really good games. He was superb Uh, at Tannadice the other week when St Johnson beat Dundee United and a string of of really good saves. Um, But as a Rangers number one material, Alan McGregor's replacement, I'd need to be convinced of that. But as I say, on a Bosman, no you know you could trust
0: him because yeah. he's done it. a bit like John McLaughlin when he came in yeah,
2: a bit like
0: that yeah, similar, similar Um, I mean there's not that many keeper. I mean I suppose Benjamin Seagriff at Duny United with another one no, you're just talking about the sort of the best keepers yeah. that are.
2: I like Seagriff but yeah. he made a bad error at Time Castle at the weekend that cost him yeah. so again. so I just think it's see for goalkeepers yeah. To be a keeper at the old firm, no, you've got to be. I think you've got to be special um, to deal with the uh, not just the actual goalkeeping, just to deal with the kind of mental side of it and concentration and the pressure that comes with being a goalkeeper at the old firm. I think you really need to be to be top draw if you're going to be a success. Um, and as I say, I'm not saying Zander Clapp couldn't he be, but no, I'd, I'd, need to be, I'd need to be convinced. Um, I do think Rangers need to be looking at it. It doesn't surprise me because I said this uh, last week when we talked about changing the goalkeepers. I, I think if Stephen Gerrard knew Alan McGregor wasn't going to play every game this season, he should have been looking to get another goalkeeper in as,
3: mm-hmm.
2: as a number one. Um, I don't think the chopping and changing between McGregor and McLaughlin's helped. No. I don't think McLaughlin's good enough to be at a permanent Rangers number one if I'm honest so I think the recruitment department will be looking at that goalkeeping area
3: mm.
2: knowing that Alan McGregor's coming to the end and you know, whoever they get it's it will be, be, be a key moment because whoever, whoever's coming in to be McGregor's and that might be John McLaughlin it might be Robbie McCrory whoever they decide is mm. going
3: to
2: come in as McGregor's number one is going, going to be a big decision
0: yeah. Well Xander Clark's away with Scotland this week. Obviously we'll get an international break. So Rangers not in action uh until we come back and it's straight into that semi-final at Hamden against Hibb. So that's gonna be a that's gonna be a huge game. We'll see what develops this week with Gerard. Um presumably we'll be in the dugout at Hamden for that unless something changes, we'll wait and see. But thanks a lot, boys, for joining us and uh we'll speak to you again next week.
1: Thanks,
0: Cheers.